Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Volunteering happens on the outside and servanthood happens in the heart. Volunteering is on the outside, servanthood is in the heart. Volunteers are people that want to make sure others are watching. Volunteers care about putting on a show, if you will, in a sense, so people are looking at them and people are noticing them. But a servant doesn't need recognition from anybody. A servant understands that he or she does what they do for an audience of one, and that is Creator God. That's a servant. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Perhaps there has not been another time like now in which Christians need direction. We are confused and wondering if we can find the way God has for us. We are confused about our careers, our marriages, our kids, and even our friendships. In this sermon series, we are going to look at four distinctive characteristics that Christians need to have present in their lives in order to walk the path that God has for them. We hope that in this series, you will find clarity, peace, and most importantly, direction. Please enjoy the message. Well, hey, good morning, church. Uh, it's, yeah, sorry, I didn't give you time. Good morning, church. There it is. Um, as David said, uh, my name is Juan. I'm the student pastor. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. It is a true blessing. Anytime I get to hang out with you guys, typically we sit during first and then we head upstairs and hang out with the teens during second service. But anytime Phil asked me to teach down here, I, I'm really excited. I do wonder, though, why he always gives me the tougher topics to start the series with. Um, today we're going to be talking about serving. So if you have any complaints about my sermon, please direct them to his mailbox, not mine. I don't want to hear it. Um, but we're going to be jumping into this new series today, and we're going to be talking about the importance of serving. Now, a lot of you know part of my story, um, but if you don't, I wasn't actually born in the United States. I was born in Costa Rica. Um, my mom had me when she was very young, and for part of my childhood, for a few days a week, I actually um, was, was living and, and hanging out with my grandma and my great-grandparents while my mom was finishing uh, her college degree so that she could give me a wonderful life that, and a wonderful childhood that I had. And I don't say that just because she's sitting here, but because I legitimately believe that. Um, but uh, one of the things that we always did uh, when I was small with my grandma is we always served. Uh, we, we grew up Catholic, and so every, I, I remember multiple times a week going to the, the monastery, going to where the nuns were, and serving with the nuns, whether it was serving food, or cleaning the classrooms, or cleaning the chapel, or getting um, communion ready, all kinds of things, and we always were serving as a, as a, as a child, I just remember that, because a servant was what, my, what, was what my grandma was, and that's what she believed in. She believed and she still believes that we are called to serve. Now, we didn't have a ton of money growing up, but what we did have was a ton of time. Um, and, and she believed that God calls us to serve in many ways throughout our life. Now, I want to do some quick audience participation. This is the part where you raise your hands. Um, raise your hand if you volunteer at this church or if you've ever volunteered at a church. Yeah. Raise your, keep it up if you, maybe you're on the prayer team, maybe you lead a small group, maybe you volunteer with the technology, maybe you volunteer in, in high school or junior high, hold doors open, cafe, yeah. Can we give it a hand for those people that raise their hand? Yeah, I, I'm thankful for you. We are thankful for you. 
Because without you and with your selfless act of serving, then there is no way that we can pull off what we do here every Sunday and every Wednesday. Because we are a staff of 12 people, and you guys are a congregation of 500 plus. So there is no chance that 12 people can serve 500 plus people effectively week after week, but it is because of your commitment and your willingness to say yes that we get to do the things that we get to do. So today... I want to talk about serving in your calling. Now, when I say calling, for a lot of us, I don't mean your job. I mean what God is calling you to do. Because God God has maybe called you to a place to work, but God might be calling you somewhere else to serve, like your local church. Winston Churchill once said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. So this morning, I want to talk to two people. I mean, all of you fall into one of these two camps. I either, A, want to talk to those of you that are currently in a volunteer role, and I use that word volunteer for a specific reason that we'll get to in a little bit. So those of you in a volunteer role, and I want to talk to those of you that maybe haven't taken the plunge yet to serve or to be volunteers at this church. Has anybody seen the movie um, 13 Lives? It's about the, the soccer team that gets trapped into the cave system. Yeah, there's a couple pictures of it up here. Um, so if you don't know the story, it's a true story. There's a soccer team of, of, of boys that are in Thailand, and they go and they want to explore this cave system after soccer practice one day. And they go in there, and usually this cave system is, is closed during the rainy season because the caves would flood. Well, the rainy season starts early that year, and those boys end up getting trapped all the way into the back of the cave system. It, it, it took scuba divers something like 12 to 17 hours to scuba all the way into the back of the cave system and bring those boys out. And, and this became a, a worldwide emergency where people from all over the globe were coming in and helping out and volunteering and serving their time to get these boys out. Now, if you, if you haven't seen the movie, I highly recommend you watch it. The way they get them out is, is amazing. But the, the coolest part to me is that People from all over the globe come to help, and there's people filling up sandbags so they can divert the water. There's people running the pump machine so they can pump water out of the cave system. There's trained scuba divers, Navy SEALs, that are scubaing into these caves hours, hours underwater to pull these boys out. Now, granted, some people were employed by the government, but a lot of people there are serving. It got so big that even Elon Musk ends up getting involved, and he and his team at SpaceX and at Tesla develop a submarine in the span of two weeks and they developed a submarine that can fit those boys in the submarine, that that's how they're going to pull them out of the cave system. And he flies it over to, to the country. They ended up not using them, but Elon leaves the submarine there for future accidents such as these. Now, the reason I tell you that story is that just like those people gave freely of their time to help this large cause of saving these boys, God is calling us to serve in the same way. But a whole lot of us, are happy either staying, A, as volunteers, because there is a difference between a volunteer and a servant, or B, we're just happy saying no thanks. I'll just just be served. I don't necessarily want to serve. Did you know that the word volunteer is never used in Scripture? The word that is used for somebody that, that, that serves is servant. Actually, the word servant and his derivatives are used around 1,100 times in the Bible. So it, you know, it, it would make us believe that, a, that as Christians and as believers, servanthood and being a servant is kind of important and something that we should make a priority in our lives. 
So the question is, if there's a difference between servant and volunteer, why do we need to make that distinction? Why do we need to make that switch from being a volunteer to a servant? And this is why. Volunteers tend to develop an attitude. Volunteers are the, the type of people that say things like, you're just lucky that I'm here, or hey, at least I showed up. That's the way a volunteer thinks. That's not the way a servant thinks. Servants, on the other hand, don't do things for themselves. They do things for the kingdom. They're kingdom-minded. And they, they help where there is need. They have no agenda to why they're helping. And they make no demands either. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you wanna know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. Now let's get back to our program. The term servant from a biblical perspective comes from the idea of a bond servant. And this is how it worked. Back in, the, back in the day, if you had a large debt that you owed and you could not pay it, somebody would step in and pay that debt for you. As a, as a uh, payment to them, you would then become a servant to that master's family. And you would be a servant for seven years, the law said. And after seven years, you were free to go off on your own and to live your life. Your debt was paid. However, there were many servants back then that realized that the, that the, the debt that was paid for them was so great that there was no way that seven years was enough to pay off that debt. So they would choose to remain in servanthood to that master. Many times that master would house them, would feed them, would treat them right, even including their family. And that is what a bond servant was. They were no longer required to be there. They were willing servants. And that is what God is calling you to be today. God is calling you to be a bond servant, not a volunteer. God is calling you to step up. Because when we think about it, Jesus was the ultimate picture of a servant. Not only that, but he paid a debt that was so large that you and I can't ever do anything to repay that debt. So God is calling us to stick around after our proverbial seven years of paying that debt and become bond servants. Now to do this, we have to move past volunteer and we need to move into servanthood. And I want to highlight four attitudes of a servant that will help us understand the transition between volunteer and servant and it will help you realize, are you a volunteer or are you a servant? Number one, Volunteering happens on the outside and servanthood happens in the heart. Volunteering is on the outside, servanthood is in the heart. Volunteers are people that want to make sure others are watching. Volunteers care about putting on a show, if you will, in a sense, so people are looking at them and people are noticing them. But a servant doesn't need recognition from anybody. A servant understands that he or she does what they do for an audience of one, and that is creator God. That's a servant. Number two, volunteers keep score. Servants sacrifice. Volunteers say things like, I did that, now you do this for me. Servants understand, though, that serving isn't always convenient. Some days, servants don't want to show up. 
Someday, servants want to stay home and watch the game. They want to go skiing for the eighth time this season. They want to go to their vacation home. Or they just don't feel like showing up to serve, but a servant shows up. Because they realize that they made a commitment, and they realize that volunteering and servanthood are different. And servanthood isn't always convenient. Sometimes it takes sacrifice. Volunteers are time-sensitive, number three. Servants are need-sensitive. A volunteer says, I'll do it if I have free time, if I can fit it into my personal busy schedule and move my golf game around, if I can squeeze it into my very, very tight schedule. But a servant looks at the need, he or she fills it, and then they move their schedule around it. I can't help but think of the Good Samaritan story. It's a perfect example for this. Because many people walked by the man that was beaten on the side of the road, left for dead. And they chose to not help because it wasn't convenient. Because it didn't fit their schedule. Because they didn't want to be the ones that would end up in trouble or hurt. Until one man comes along, he sees a need, the need's met, and he meets it. And then he takes care of that person even further by giving of his time and his money. And number four, volunteering makes you superior, but serving makes you humble. Volunteers seek status in whatever they do. They think that by serving, maybe they can become part of the in crowd, and then they can maybe push their agenda, which is what they came into for the first place, and they can carry that agenda into there. But a servant sees it as a chance to become more and more humble, to serve, not to be served. And we'll talk a little bit more about the idea of humility later. But all four of these come down to one thing, and that is an issue of the heart. Why, is, why are we doing it? Why do we serve? Is it for our own personal gain, like volunteers, or have we made the transition to servants and we do it for others? Think about Matthew twenty-five, twenty-three. The verse says, well done, good and faithful servant, not well done, good and faithful volunteer, because there's a big difference between those two words. Now, I'm not up here calling anybody out because, frankly, I don't know your heart. And I don't know, for those of you that do serve in this church, why you do it. But I'm, but I'm bringing this to your forefront just in hopes that this would cause us all to examine why we do the things that we do and why we serve and volunteer in the capacities that we do. Are we being volunteers or are we being true bond servants to a creator God? Do we do it for self-gratification or do we do it to, pay, to try and pay back a debt that we'll never be able to pay back? Now, I want to transition to the other group of people in this room. And these are the people that maybe haven't said yes. The ones that haven't taken the plunge to start serving. And there could be several reasons. Maybe um, you feel like you don't personally have time. Or, or you're new and you haven't even decided if Valley View is going to be your church home. Or you have other priorities. Or maybe you believe the lie that you have nothing to give. And so for that reason, I choose not to serve. Or maybe, maybe you're, you're serving somewhere else. Yes, serving extends to every aspect of life, but I thoroughly believe that Jesus loves the local church. Jesus calls us to love the bride, and God calls us to serve at our local churches. I thoroughly believe that. And God is calling us to, to, to love one another and to serve one another the way that he served us. Now, I, I, I want to do another participation. Raise your hand if you grew up in the church. Okay, keep it raised if you attended a children's ministry class, ever. Keep it raised if you ever attended a youth ministry. Keep it raised if you ever walked through a door at this church or another church that somebody held it open for you and smiled at you when you walked in. 
Yeah. Guys, you are here for many reasons, but one of those reasons might have been because somebody sometime many years ago, a month ago, a day ago, held a door open for you, taught you scripture, sat with you through a hard period, and they weren't being paid to do so. They chose to serve. So God is calling us, God is calling me, God is calling you to show the love of Jesus to others so others can experience Jesus the same way that you and I got to experience him. If you find yourself in this position of maybe I haven't said yes yet, I want to give you three reasons why you should serve. Number one, you have something to give. Every single person in this room has something to give. And I believe that because that is based off of scripture. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, it says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Even if you think you have nothing to give, I promise you that God has given you some sort of gifting, that God has given you something that you can bring to the table. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the Give tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. One of my favorite, as a youth pastor, I talk to people all the time about serving with teenagers. And one of my favorite stories is about one of our small group leaders who isn't here anymore. He, him and his wife moved away, and it, and it really stunk losing him. But his name, was, his name is Jim. And Jim is a retired podiatrist. Now, I know podiatrist sounds like pediatrician. Believe it or not, he works on feet, not children. But, but Jim retired from being a podiatrist. And when you look at Jim on the outside, you're like, why would a retired podiatrist serve in student ministry? What does he have in common with a bunch of middle school and high school boys? Because Jim didn't dress like them. He didn't play the same video games, video games as them. He, he didn't follow the same social media trends as our students. He didn't even play sports like our students did. So on the outside, people ask why. Well, I believe that God gave Jim Scales the gift of caring and of serving. Because I tell people often, you know, youth ministry, serving in youth ministry, it isn't hard. All you have to be able to do is two things. You have to know their names and know and care about their story. That's it. That's the key to youth ministry. I tell people all the time, it is not that complicated, even if you have nothing in common with them. But here's the thing. Jim had something to offer those teenagers. He would show them how much he loved them. He created a space that was safe, inviting, and caring to those boys. And, he, and, it was, and it was so noticeable when he left on how broken up those boys were to be losing one of their favorite small group leaders. When we realize 
that we have something to bring to the table, and we realize that God is calling us to partner in the life of somebody else with him. Mother Teresa has this awesome quote, and it says, I'm a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. God is calling you to partner with him to serve people. And just like Jim, you have something to offer. Maybe people describe you as a very welcoming person. Hold the door. Maybe you're good at having conversation. Work at the cafe. Maybe you play an instrument. Get up here. Lead us in worship and sing. Maybe you have a fire in your heart for the next generation because you know what I hear a lot over the last couple years is a whole lot of lip service from people that are scared for our teens and our children and they do nothing about it. So if you're one of those people that has a fire in your heart for the next generation, why don't you jump in and start serving the next generation and start loving them and start pouring into them? I could go on that one for a whole other hour, but I won't. (laughs) Don't count God out on the gift that he has given you, whatever that gift may be. Number two, why should we serve? Because serving is a blessing in disguise. I thoroughly believe that God has a way of blessing you and I through the modes that we choose to serve in. I have two examples. The first one that comes to mind is is my wife and her best friend in the whole wide world, Tiffany. Now, when we first joined Hope City Church before we came here, the youth pastor, it took seconds before the youth pastor approached us and was like, hey, will you serve in the student ministry? Will you come and love on some middle school and high school boys, middle school, high school girls? And we said yes. Elkie, that Sunday, met Tiffany, and they became inseparable ever since. They are the best friends in the whole wide world. Tiffany just had her baby, so they get to experience motherhood together in the same season. They do everything together, so much so that after a year of us living here, Tiffany and her husband Nick moved to Colorado as well, mainly because we were telling them that they should move out here because they wanted to be close to one another. And Elkie would have never found a lifelong friendship had it never been for her willingness to say yes to serve and God blessing that. The other story that comes to mind is for one of my other small group leaders here, um, she, she's one of our, one of our always rock steady volunteers. And a few, a, a month or two ago, she went through a hard period where she lost a pet. And if you're a dog person, you know how much it hurts to lose a pet. And I remember that Wednesday night, she texted me and she said, Hey, we're not going to make it to youth group. Like it's just been a rough week, et cetera, et cetera. And of course I'm like, yeah, please take your time. Don't worry about being here. We got you covered. And then later that night I received this text from her. I think I have a picture of it up there. Right after youth group, a a couple of our students went out and bought some flowers and some goodies and they drove them over to our small group leader's house and they dropped them off and they made her feel better and they made her feel loved in a time where she was needed. Now this small group leader has been serving these students for way longer than, I, I, I even know, way longer than I've been here. And so she's been blessing and serving these students and in turn, she's been blessed back by that. In 1 Kings, there's a story about Elijah and, he's go, and he goes to a widow and he asks this widow for bread. And she tells him, hey, I only have enough flour and I only have enough oil to make one loaf of bread for me and my son. There's a drought in the, in, in the land. There's not a whole lot of resources. And her plan is, I'm going to make this loaf of bread and then we're going to eat it and then we're just going to die. And, and Elijah tells her this, 1 Kings 17, verses 13 through 16. Elijah told her, don't be afraid. Go home and do it as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. The guts of this guy, right? Like, use your food on me. And then make some for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rains in the land. So she went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food in every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was never used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. 
in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. See, God blessed the widow because of her willingness to serve one of God's people. Because when we're willing to serve people, God many ways, in many different ways, he turns that blessing back onto us. Number three, and the final reason why you should serve, is it keeps you humble. Now, I don't know about your personal sin, what you struggle with. One of my biggest issues is my pride. And it's always been that. It's always been my way is the best way. Constantly I wonder what people may think about me, figuring out how some situations may benefit me or harm me. And this has always been a thorn on my side, even all the way back to when I was a teenager. But I tell you something, nothing humbles you faster than working with teenagers. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Uh, to put it to you this way, there's a student in our student ministry. Uh, they come, her family comes to second service so I can tell this story. Uh, and she like makes a living out of telling me how bad I dress. Like every single Sunday, every Wednesday, she has a critique to make about my outfit. Whether it's a good one or a bad one, she always has something to say about what I'm wearing. Or what about this? We have a, a couple leaders in our ministry who are always reminded by their middle school and high school girls about how they're single and how they need to find a husband. Every single time they, they get reminded by that and those kids just in a loving way give him relationship advice. And who doesn't want relationship advice from a seventh grader? Or what about this? The times that I spend hours and hours and hours working and pouring over a sermon just to look out into the crowd of my beautiful teenagers and three of them are asleep. They're not even listening to anything I'm saying. Ministry. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.